out there in China because it's more than two hours. So. What's going on? What's going on? There's lights, there's cameras, there's people. All right, we'll see that. Well, I think we're good. Let's, uh, we covered all that. Let's go and jump into all that fun stuff. Here it is, Tuesday night, episode 56 of Scuba and the Rye. Rye guy. And of course, it's me, Steve, as Scuba. And we, of course, we have our co-host and uh, wanderer and foodie, Rye. Yeah, I'm always around, around somewhere. somewhere. Um, before we get too much further into it, we got a couple of announcements to make. Uh, some of these are pretty much, you know, the standard stuff we talk about first of all is a thank you to sirenscape for the background music and soundboards that you're hearing uh they have a wide variety of different soundscapes and soundboards and sound effects that you can use to make your tabletop game or podcast in this case more enjoyable go check it out at sirenscape.com uh want to thank you to the community to our followers to our subscribers, anybody who consumes this, we really appreciate it. Without you guys, we wouldn't. This really wouldn't Thank be you. getting as popular as it's starting to get. So, as always, if you like what we're seeing, and by all means, share it out. Tell other people about it. Tell them to come check us out. Uh, connect with us on our social on the social media for the studio. You'll see a little revolving thing over there that will show you where you can find us on all the major social medias. Somewhere up here. Also, uh, noticing down in there, you got that little Extra Life bar. Extra Life is a wonderful charity for supporting kids uh, who have to, who, through the children's hospitals and whatnot, these, these kids who are suffering illnesses and need a little extra help. So we have a little bar there. We have a, a fairly conservative goal of, a, of that we're trying to hit. Uh, there should be a, a panel in the dashboard here on Twitch that you can select to go and make a donation. You can also go to extralife.org and look for Scuba Studio and make a donation that way. All right. Speaking of subscribers, thank you, Shad, for thank subscribing. Thank you, Shad, for subscribing to us. That's another. That's another great way to help us out. If you're uh, Amazon Prime, if you have access to Amazon Prime, you get a monthly subscription that you can give to any Twitch channel. Hopefully, we have earned uh, your Twitch Prime for the for the month or a future month, because uh, it does take resources to do this, and we always looking to try to grow and expand. So, any help and support is always appreciated. Do, 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 do. Oh, yes. Uh, extra life thing to talk about. As I said, because we hit affiliate, I wanted to thank everybody. As a thank you, I am planning a 24-hour stream. I can say that do I, have, I do have a tentative date for a Friday-Saturday 24-hour uh, stream. Got a few things on the books for that, which I will have more details and we'll talk about at a little bit. I'll talk about it in greater detail next week to kind of overlay i've got one really really cool idea but i gotta finish getting some things in place before i announce it and let everybody know uh but it'll be a charity for extra life we're going to be trying to raise uh, as much as we can to support the kids because it's all about the kids it's gotta all help about the kids. the kids all about the kids gotta love them they are the future Yes, it's Cross a very exciting thing we got planned. Uh, gonna have some other things. I've even got a new show concept that I'm probably gonna field test during the uh, 24 hour stream. So again, more details next week, I promise. 
Um, I think that's it. Right? Do you have anything, anything to announce, my man? Uh, nothing big. Just uh, under one month before I start my next journey, college. So, you know, a couple years and thirty credits away from that next degree. So there'll be another challenge awaits. Other than that, um, uh, my friend just finished going through my story, so I'm gonna go figure out how I'm gonna chop it up and get it published. So. Other than that, nope, just dealing with the, the hot and humid weather out there. I and... know, right? This has been ridiculous. Oh, I mean, yeah. a heat advisory in our town. I'm sure some of you guys have had some really nasty weather this summer. I think I was talking to Saladin's mom's birthday was recently, so I want to say happy birthday to her. Happy birthday. Um, but got to talk to her a little bit, and she she lives, she was tell, she was even saying that the weather up where she's at is ridiculous, and I'm like... Yeah, I have some. I have some friends uh, north of her that are also having really crappy weather because <laughs> it's just so hot and muggy and humid, and it's like you really don't expect it that far north. But apparently, this is the year we're getting hot and muggy everywhere. Yeah, it, 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 the humidity is reaching far reaches than it normally does. But hey, I'm the guy that goes running in it, so I dare say I am not as idiotic as the weather. But I can't be saying that I am. I can say I probably do need to get outside more. Oh, yeah. But, uh, seeing in the chat, uh, let's see. Uh, Chili said he was starting is going to start his master's in August. So congrats to that. Education is always fun and learning things is always cool. Yeah. I, uh, I have a goal. This isn't just an empty path for me. There is a light at the end of the tunnel which I've chosen. So. Oh, that's good. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Otherwise, it wouldn't be worth it going through the tunnel. Yeah, I kind of, I might get suffocating, but I'll make it through, people, you know. Alrighty, so with that, we're going to go ahead and continue talking about what's up, what we've been up to for the last week. Uh, it's been a very interesting week for me, especially this past weekend. If for those of you who are in the Discord have been following, had a lot of announcements and whatnot for the annual Founders and Legends D and Dungeons and Dragons event hosted yep. by... Uh, uh, put on by the uh, Luke Gygax and his uh, his his group. It was a great day of D and D streams. A lot of great personalities. A lot of really fun shenanigans and hijinks, culminating in the season premiere of Into the Mist for Rumsmith, which that was a lot of fun to watch too. Those per those are up on YouTube. Uh, if you go to Rumsmith on YouTube and check them out, this shameless plug for them. I get nothing for them. Just go check it out. It's a great time. Check it out, people. Uh, other than that, it's been uh, doing work trying to set up for this 24-hour stream. I'd be honest, I was getting struggling with what I thought I was going to do, but some great conversations and some opinion and some uh, suggestions, and I love brainstorming and working with people because such great ideas come from that. Yeah. And now that's just hitting the ground running. Also had uh, the A-Team D&D group meet this past Sunday and do basically it was a shopping mission where they were getting prepped and ready to go into Undermountain. And we ended the session with them descending into the first level of Undermountain. So they will start their dungeon crawl next time. Right, what you been up to? Um, not as eventful as that, but eventful in many different ways. Uh, I am knee deep with a lot of busyness at work, especially the training. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to start looking into uh, finding, uh, getting ready to start publishing this book, figure out how to divide up it into different chapters. I am currently reading a biography, Elton John's biography. It's called Me. 
um, it is a very interesting read to learn about a lot of the things that came across his lap by coincidence and some of the things that you might be shocking involving um, some of the songs, creations, and other interactions and relationships. Um, other than that, because of the warm weather, you know, be venturing out to the beach, we do have one of those. I did uh, do a little posh posting on my Facebook. If you find it, go ahead and get a good laugh. Um, other than that, nothing else going on. Um, heavy, deep in playing a certain game, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that, and I'll even have uh, some cool little uh, bonuses to do because, you know, yeah. we're always trying to evolve and make better use of what we got. But, yeah, it's just more of a more of a just getting busy, busy, and I'm just mentally just preparing myself for this next semester. Yeah, I got a question in the chat asking about the Romesmith Discord. Uh, this year for the this season for the Discord, they're doing Vistani, which go and subscribe and check that out. It's starting off really well. Um, so I can't really say much more. I've been kind of wiped. I'm not going to lie. Jumping in to the, jumping in the streams Friday night, all day Saturday. And then Sunday I was, I was, I was wiped. I was hundred percent wiped. So I'm just now getting recouped from that. So I'll be more active there. I also think, uh, on my, on the studio discord, we're getting really close to launching our RP channels and getting full on into that. So that'll be more things I we talk about uh, getting into and getting closer to that 24-hour stream, um, as well as getting into getting ready for our second season of Challenge Accepted. So more to come. More to come, people. More to come. Yes, very true. The Rumpsmith mods are extremely exhausted, but it was still a lot of fun, a lot of great opportunities to watch other games and other streams, and of course. The most important part of it was to celebrate Dungeons and Dragons and raise money for extra life. So it's always good times when you help support uh, great charities like Extra Life. So yeah, it's very good to support uh, charities. So definitely support it, people. It's a good oh yes, cause. totally. I love the active chat. It's so nice to see an active chat. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Distracted. Squirrel. No, it's those little excitements that get us going. Because it's been, we've been doing this a while, so seeing the inactive chat is one of those milestones. So. All right. That said, uh, what do you say we get into our reviews? Yes, reviews, people. All righty. So we're going to talk about our latest from ryereviews.com. Go and check them out. Uh, it's all one word, Rye Reviews. He posts all his various reviews for different films he's seen. And this week... We have the relic. Yes. So, Rai, tell me about the relic. Uh, relic. Um, it's another new movie, and like everything, everything's been pushed uh, on demand. So this is another new movie available on demand. Um, you catch it anywhere on VOD. It's pretty cheap. But the relic is a new horror movie, um, starring uh, Emily Mortimer as Kay and Bella. Headcoat as Sam. She Sam is the daughter to Kay, and the movie starts off with them traveling to their mother, grandmother's home to find that she has disappeared. There's no, there's a mystery. No, there's a mystery on why she disappeared or what happens. But they go to her home to try to pick up and figure out the pieces of why she disappeared. And then when she just miraculously reappears, Edna, uh, played by Robin Nevin, is the woman that plays the grandmother, and she just reappears. 
but along with her coming back to the house, this unknown force entity begins to terrorize everyone in the, in the, in the house. And that's basically the bulk of the film is watching um, this unknown entity um, terrorize the family and other things happening within the family drama. So to preface this review is going into the understanding of with a rhetorical question on what is horror. Um, horror has a lot of different subgenres, from gore fest to psychological thrillers to um, you know a survival of psychos. Um, whenever you think about horror, you always try to find something in it that gravitates to you to create some suspense, terror, and drama. What this film does is that it approaches the the theme of what horror is through a family drama, but also through uh, a mental disorder, specifically dementia. So when the, the grandmother mother comes back, Edna comes back, she starts to fall into disarray because of the memory issue, memory lapses. And you notice this with like little sticky notes that are found throughout the, uh, the house. Uh, Kay and Sam pick up on that, but they never really explain it. And a lot of the film is slow movie and methodical and it's driven by the characters and you pick up on the story through their conversations. Um, and things just are left without explanation. And it, that's a good and bad thing in this film and it does predicate on how the film is. So throughout the bulk of the film, this entity keeps terrorizing them, keeps terrorizing them. So you get the typical scare tactics, the, the, the slow, hollow, atmospheric detail, and all this little dread and drama created by the movie. Once the film gets into the third act, that's when the supernatural kicks into high gear, and all three women are faced with uh, certain internal conflicts that turn into a, a supernatural threat. So when everything comes to head in the climax, um, that wonderment of that odd revelation of what really is happening will either make or break this film for you. Um, and what it does, it brings the journey to a, a place where there is a lot more deepening plot holes than anticipated, and it creates more questions than answers. And there is an allegory of human behavior that the ending brings, not to spoil it, but it does, it will polarize the value of this film. Because as I said with the question, what is horror? So that's how I'll end this explanation of my review is, what is horror to you? Take it away, Scuba. Yeah, I have, didn't get the chance to check this out, but then again, I'm not big on horror films anymore. Yeah, you've gone to a few with me and you liked some of them, but not, you know, horror is a niche genre. So it I will definitely. very much. And to be honest, when I heard The Relic, I was thinking back to the film that was released out in the late 90s. Yeah. Uh, that one I thought was kind of fun. Mm -hmm. um, but the whole haunted house genre of horror, it just, you know, it, it's really hard to get, really hard to get a good one. Yeah. Um, this isn't a remake of it. This is a whole different original. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's totally good. This is a totally different thing. But this is, this film is on, of the, it has to deal with the haunted house genre of horror where it's yeah. like this some building this haunted house has to this house is haunted by something uh we've seen so many different films of this between uh actually house back in the late eight in the 80s house two uh but house two is more of a comedy than a horror yeah but um ha there's so many different haunted house themed horror movies 
how does this one stand apart from those? Uh, this one stands apart with the fact that it allows the movie, the journey to breathe through the characters. So you're you're drawn into the mystery of this disappearance and then reappearance, and then all of the stuff that is supernatural gets leveled out against the um, against the family drama and the mental disorder that's that Edna faces with the dementia. So you get this realistic overtone with the with the horror tropes that it allows for things to. Um, you you feel the terror and the hazy complexion of the situation because you really don't get any explanation. So that's a good and bad thing. But it does fall more towards the bad when you get at the end because it, it turns into something that you either will accept how everything got to it or you'll just be like, that's just, you know, a cop-out. So. But overall, uh, I think um, it just depends on what you want to get out of this film. If you want to see something unique, it is available on, on, on a video on demand. It isn't very expensive. It's $6.99 to rent. Um, but I would say it would be worth seeing it at the theater at a right price of 3 out of 5 Okay. Cool. Alrighty. Yeah. It's just that the ending kind of just left the sour taste in my mouth. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So now we can move on to... State of game. State of game. State of game. I don't know why my camera is just horrible with trying to focus on me. It's ridiculous. That's what happens when you let me in your head. Start messing things up. Really? Uh, uh Professor asks. You can keep going. I'm gonna answer Professor in the chat. Like you saw it coming. Are you talking about in terms of the film? Um. There wasn't the foreshadowing of what came. It's just the the undertones and the allegories that it's used kind of like trips over itself in with what they explained in the journey. Ah, okay. So. That makes sense. All right, so what do we got for State of Game this week? I don't oh, know. What do we got? Rye has been playing a new game. I have been playing a new game, and I did mention it last podcast. And somebody asked me to come back with my first impression. So I decided to put up some, some screens, some videos on my YouTubes, and also play until I could not stay awake anymore. So that sleepless nights are for wait, you. Wait, 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 wait. I got something. Okay, what do we got? Got something. Bear with me a moment. Scuba is in the lab, people. He's doing something. I don't know what he's doing. I'll drink my smoothie. Very, very quiet. Does this involve hunting? No, because oh. they changed that. You can't do that anymore. <sighs> it's okay. It don't bother me. I don't care. <laughs> I got something else. What do you got? Bibbidi. Bobbidi. Ooh. Working? It is now. <laughs> Let's uh take a look at this. So we got here is we got some hot off of his PlayStation, some Rye footage. Uh, I believe this is a stealth mission that you said you were doing. Yes. So let's uh, check that out. Not going to have any audio, but we're going to see Rye try to stealth his way through whatever this is. So what are we doing, Rye? What's this uh, mission? Well, this mission is an actually a stealth mission where you're um, helping a fellow... Uh, uh, Japanese warrior rescue her brother from this camp of Mongols. 
So in this mission, you have to stealth your way to the prison camp so you can release the prisoners. Um, once you get near the end of the camp, you won't be able to hear the audio. You'll find a certain twist in what they find in the prison camp. So while this plays through, we've got about four minutes. So while this plays through, we got about a four-minute clip here. So, Rai, why don't you tell us your impressions okay. of Ghost of Tsushima so far? All right. My impressions of Ghost of Tsushima, an exclusive for the PS4. Um, Overall, the game is a fun treat. Uh, you play as a character by the name of Jin Sakai. He's a samurai warrior that survives the first onslaught of the Mongol invasion. And your mission is, so far, is to rescue your uncle from the uh, greedy hands of the antagonist, um, the General Khan of the Mongol Empire. Um, Throughout the game, it's an open-world action RPG-ish style game, and throughout the world you have various missions. Um, and the side missions can vary from rescuing people um, on the road from Mongols, from invading camps, from just uh, general play of one of the fun things that you can do in here is uh, write haikus. You can go to places and you can write haikus, which helps you meditate and actually increases your health bar. Um, you can go and have duels with people. So you'll stand there like samurai and you have to time it right to be able to take them out. Um, and the great thing about this game is the mechanics because it's not just straight you just level straight up to get stronger um, you level up as you fight and you do missions what they call is your legend grow and when your legend grows that unlocks different stances that you can fight with and the different stances are, are important because de depending on what stance you're in when you're fighting with your sword depends on what enemies you attack better against so there could be a heavy set, shield people, spear people, depending on the stance, you'll switch from power to wind um, to water. Um, I haven't unlocked the last one, but it is pretty cool and very fast paced, the action. Um, in this particular video is the stealth mission, but there there is another clip where it shows like a fast paced action on there. But the great thing is the story. And the great thing is the in-depth of the world. The world is so colorful and so vast. There's just so much to find. Um, the last thing I did was I talked to a uh, musician that led me to uh, this grounds for this like elite armor. Um, you had to go through different stages. Um, that's the one good thing about the missions. They have different stages, but you don't have to do everything. Um, but... Me being a completist, I get distracted and just go rumbling off into the sunset. So. Now, I have a few friends that are also playing this game as well, and they're telling me they were commenting that the gameplay looks very is similar to like the last Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, in terms of the uh, movement and whatnot. Also, some of the things is the fact that as we're seeing here, it's a very minimalist UI. Uh, yeah. seems normally when you see a lot of action RPGs like this, you see this like completely cluttered UI that has all these various things that kind of distract from this, yeah. from what you're trying to do. But in this one, from what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing in this playthrough is it seems like it's very minimalistic. There's no, I mean, I'm not even seeing a map with a tracker. It's so you kind of have to figure out what you're doing. Yeah, you, you basically have to use the environment to figure out how to attack, how to fight, how to... You, you literally have to pay attention to your surroundings. There is a way that tracks missions, and it's called and it's the wind. 
and on the controller on the middle, you would swipe up, and the wind will point you in the direction of where to go. There is a map, um, but you'll have, you know, you press the start button to get to it, but most of the time, you, you have to use the lay of the land to find where you need to go, and the wind to guide you. There's also this, like, yellow bird that will guide you to special areas um, that can either help you increase your stamina, your health, your strength, and stuff. Um, one of the cool things is, is that uh, there is these things called fox dens, which um, the more you level up, the stronger your, um, your shadow equipment gets. So you follow this fox to these uh, fox shrines, and it increases that. So. That sounds really cool. Yeah. And it's kind of bad because the first time I saw the fox, I tried to kill it. So I thought I was supposed to kill it, and then that didn't happen. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Good it's... Wildlife. Yeah, you really have to be smart and skilled, and the game is fast-paced, so you've got to do a lot of... Uh, you have to watch your enemy to know how to counter, how to fight, what stance to use, what you know weapons to use, or you want to attack from the top, the bottom, full force, and whatnot. So... There's a lot of good things, and the story is really great. That is impressive. Yes. Uh, another little bit tidbit: uh, if you're a viewer and you have a Steam account, I would suggest taking a look in case you haven't picked up Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It is currently on sale, sixty percent off. It's worth that price, people. Trust me. I kind of agree. I'm I'm debating on doing it myself, getting the unlimited for like forty bucks, and which gives you a remastered Liberation, a remastered AC3, as well as all of the DLC and add-on content for Odyssey. So, yeah, uh, take it to somebody who invests a lot of time in that game. It is definitely fun. Yeah, I haven't played the last. I tried playing Assassin's Creed for uh, for Black Flag and. I got caught up on trying to learn the controls and the movement that I just got so frustrated and stopped. But I have ver I have all of them up till Syndicate, and I haven't checked it out since. And I real I know that Origins and Odyssey they completely redid the whole uh, movement in the UI. So, but that's a nice little bit for video games. Uh, D and D game wise, uh, it's again. Post Founders and Legends, we didn't have a game of Challenge Accepted because Founders and Legends was going on. And, of course, the Season 2 premiere, which was a lot of fun. Um, I think uh, probably one of my favorite games it had to be the one Saturday morning with B-Dave, Todd Kendrick, and those guys. It was a level 20 adventure, which is something I very rarely get to see. And they were just wrecking house in the negative zone. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, go check the that was pretty much it. Uh, we do have challenge accepted this Saturday. Uh, the party is going to continue their adventure. A um, couple of things that we have on there that I want to make sure I bring bring up here. Uh, yeah, raised over six thousand dollars for extra life. So, yay! Maybe next year I'll try and host. Maybe next year I could try and get in on some of that fun. Who knows? If the community grows and I can, that'll help. So. By all means, keep spreading the word if you like the content we do here and checking us out. Uh, but yeah, Challenge Accepted is going to continue on this Saturday, so it'll be loads of fun Check there. Uh, we do have a couple of things, like we have the Extra Life bit, and I'm putting in some milestones. So if we can hit milestones while in 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 the session, then there'll be some boons for the party. Additionally, we have the Hype Boss uh, bar, which every time the community... Uh, 
supports and interacts and knocks that down, the party will get a bonus of some type. So that's hopefully going to be really good. And given the way the last session went with uh, some of those roles, having a having inspiration is not necessarily a bad thing. Inspiration is always good. It is. Uh, that video should go out on a. Probably gonna have it. I'm gonna try and have it out like tomorrow or Thursday, so you can catch up on that before watching with us on Saturday, which is 9 p.m. So let's see. Uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. Uh, got it'll take a few minutes on this. And uh, guys in the chat, how many y'all checked out Founders and Legends this past weekend? Raise your hand. What was your favorite part of Founders and Legends over the weekend? Okay. <laughs> I was trying to see if the chat would participate. But it's all good. It's all good. Uh the second game uh was with TJ Storm. Uh they were doing a uh version of the new new module that came out that was a partnership with League of Legends. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was hilarious. Watching TJ is a riot as far as the fact he's uh, because of his method acting that and whatnot. It's like he's all if you've watched him through Beyond Heroes or whatnot, you know he's always getting up and doing something as part of doing his character, and it's a it's a great time. Plus, he would do this thing, Rye, where it's like he would have a uh, an overlay on his screen okay. to make his eyes a different color. And at one point, he had a he had a Jack Sparrow mask that would show up <laughs> on his face, and he would add to that for That's the character. Awesome. It was just like, and once every once the cast did their introductions, he went right into the role play as if he was checking their names off of a off of an inventory or, or a guest list. Yeah, it's fine. Slow type, I get it. Uh, the Into the Mist premiere with Matt Mercer. Yes, Matt Mercer playing the Devil Strahd. That was so much fun, seeing that right at the start. Yeah, B-Dave's was uh, definitely interesting uh, seeing him DM a bunch of level 20 and seeing Averin uh, be in his full gaudy Gaudy glory as a trickster god. That was that was a that was a treat. Alrighty, so full beans. Yeah, we're gonna move on into some newsy type things. Oh, roll, roll the dice. Rolling, rolling, rolling. No, we'll leave it right here for that. All right, so we got a couple of news things we're going to talk about. They're a little more serious than our odds and ends things. One of them is our follow-up, uh, like we were talking about earlier. Um, the uh, the fact that the there was a recent article that came out that looks like the movie theaters, for the most part, are probably going to be closed until sometime mid-2021 because uh, there's been a lot of new flare-ups of COVID in uh, several states, a couple of regions going back into lockdown as a way to try to flatten the curve with this. Hospitalizations are increased, and plus most of the 
studios are not interested in putting films out at limits for limited capacity. And there was a bit the blurb this morning on my newsfeed that mentioned that some of them are like, they may shift. And instead of doing like a global release, they may do a rolling release uh, per market based on which markets have, I guess, the ability to have more people hit the theater. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think that this is, it seems logical. I know that um, you know the major chains are trying to open up by the end of this month, sometime next month, so they can start getting people in theaters. Uh, some of the theaters are already open because you start seeing some, uh, you know, some of those box office numbers. You know, some of those old school films could be a number one again. So you know, some of the theaters are open, but um, it makes sense that mid 2021 would be when it might go full force to large capacity for theaters just based on the the, the way this uh the vaccines that they're creating are you know going to get out to the public but for the entertainment side it is one that it puts studios at a crossroads on how they want to implement showing films to people there are various avenues outside of theaters that can be successful which we have seen for certain films but those films that they have pushed out on VOD have been either, you know, animated films, small market films, films that don't have a very big budget that could recoup a lot of that money quickly on VOD, aka Trolls World Tour, Scoob, and a couple of these smaller films that I've reviewed in the past few weeks. Um, but the big tent poles like Tenet, Mulan, and Wonder Woman 1984 probably will make the money if they were put in limited capacity or put out VOD. It is mentioned in the article on Screen Rant that it's being reported that Tenant needs to gross 800 million worldwide to break even. So looking at the environment right now, it doesn't seem likely that they can make that 800 million if they were to release next month. So having them push the movies to a time when they can make the money seems like what's driving this 2021 reopening. So. But it does create a window of opportunity for new avenues for watching films, watching television, watching in general. So um, we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, theater chains will survive by then, but otherwise, it'll just probably redo what we expect of the movie experience. It's going to change. It, there's, no, there's no doubt about it. It's going to change. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen, I, but I do feel for the fact we do, I do, we do have a few uh, friends that are friends and associates that do operate with the movie theaters, and it's like I'm sure it's a struggle, and even around here, it's and the worst part is all these places with the mandatory masks is becoming such a pain to go out. I'm like, I'll stick with my uh, video on demand. I actually rented three movies that I'm planning going to watch back to back. Yeah. Uh, three, but three that I have not seen before. And that's Lucy safe house and oblivion. Oblivion is the one with Tom Cruise, right? Yep. Tom Cruise, Morgan Freeman, Lucy, Morgan Freeman, and Scarlett Johansson, Ryan Reynolds and Denzel Washington and safe house. I've never seen these films and they had a good deal right now, like dollar ninety nine rentals. So it's yeah. like, hey, I'm gonna check them out and see what's up. Yeah. I, I have seen those films and I do have reviews. Check them out on myreviews.com. Um, we can uh, revisit them and see uh, how uh, how you compare to my thoughts. 
Uh, we'll have to may have to wait uh, wait a week before we can do that because I've got a teaser at the end of this for next week, which I'll tell you at the end. All right, tease away, tease away. I tell you, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying real hard to make it interesting, guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, our next article, since we were talking about education, like Rye, you're getting ready to start your next chapter. Uh, Professor Chili getting ready to start his next uh, chapter in school. Here's another interesting thing coming up, and that is uh, news from Google. They have announced $100,000 in subscriptions or scholarships for, an on for online certificates in data analytics, project management, and Unix. Uh, this is part of an initiative they're doing through their uh, online learning platform called uh, Coursera, which Coursera is about $49 a month to get access, but they, they're building these programs that can be completed in three to six months to be equivalent of doing a four-year degree in these said topics. Um, on top of committing $100,000 for these need-based scholarships to do this kind of enrolled uh, certificate program, they've also are also awarding $10 million in grants to the YWCA, the NPower, and the JFF. Uh, these are partnership. These are nonprofits that partner with Google to provide workforce development to women, veterans, and underrepresented Americans. This is interesting to me because this feels like this is starting to be a shift away from the classic college route and getting more into some practical or apprenticeship type job placement that I feel we've lost over the years as we push everybody to college, even those who don't really not everybody is cut out to go to college. Not everybody should go to college. But as a society, I'd say for the, for the better part of the last decade, two decades has been pushing, oh, you're not going to be anything unless you go to college, which personally I think is just BS crap. But, you know. Right. what are your thoughts, my man? Um, I like this initiative. And it also, it, it's something that generates what i have mentioned in the past on other podcasts and just off the camera is that like you said college is one route to achieving your career goals for me it's my goal is that's my goal but it's not everyone's goal it's not everyone's dream it's not everyone's path in life what google has provided here is just the tip of the iceberg of things that probably will come and probably will develop out of this pandemic because um there are many ways and avenues that you can be highly successful especially in this environment that's ever-changing because with the uh, 33 million people and unemployment benefits as of June 30th based on the CNBC article, and with a lot of those jobs might not be coming back because of cost-cutting measures and um, closing of business and automations, this is an opportunity for Google to develop a new way of retraining people for jobs that will be blossoming out of this new normal. Uh, with a lot of stuff going to online capabilities, remote working, just moving into a shift that um, requires more of this kind of online management or something rela related in the field, it does create a, a platform for where people can learn, people can achieve the knowledge and power, but through untraditional means. So it does give a ton of value. 
it doesn't take away from the path of going to college or going to the military or going whatever other path, but it does give people an advantage to learning something, learn something quick and something that will be viable for not just Google, but any, any company looking to fill these positions because these positions will start opening up soon with the evolution of, you know, broadband and more online capabilities to work remotely. So. I uh, got a comment in the chat uh, from Quilleth123. I'm a big fan of Micro's position on this. Skilled labor technicians and other similar trades not requiring college or ready and waiting to be filled by this and next generation. I agree wholeheartedly. I think uh, programs like this with Google and pr other programs that you see to kind of focus in on a particular certification or skill set is kind of this new walk into the apprenticeship thing and allows you to sit there and, you know, not take on the debt because it's the, the whole college debt thing is ridiculous. Now we're not going to get into too much on politics on that. That's a whole nother conversation that That's is probably whole... best not to have online, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, I think more things like this, if we see more things like this coming up, that is going to do nothing but benefit and help everyone, especially people who have to find themselves in a position where they need to learn a new trade or skill. Uh, myself being a great example, I spent 10, 15 years doing desktop support and tech support and just getting into the operands of the different areas of the IT uh, family with configuration management, databases and whatnot, and then find myself laid off and shifting into the content creation and production. I mean, this has been a huge, huge learning curve and a complete reset of my skills getting into marketing and production and editing and idea creation. It's wow, but I'm having fun, which is the important thing. And I get to meet people like you guys who are sitting here and watching Ew. and supporting me and uh my friends who assist with this so i'd say that is worth it and i'm sure all the other benefits that we can all think about will come in time it's just keeping the eye on the prize and the prize being a fellowship and a community not uh how much money i put in the bank put the dollars on the chain make it rain scuba make it rain you're this wrong text. We are, we are taking questions. Uh, yeah, I'm always good for questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, I need to fix that text. <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry, I had to readjust. All right, so. Yeah, uh, next a, in is, of course, our odds and ends. Oddies and endies, people. Oddies and endies. This is where we should have some fun here. Odds and ends is the section of the show where we talk about random internet stories that we have found. Um, and kind of give our opinions on them. So our first one off the bat. Do, 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 do. It's not bad. You're not far off on that track, but here we'll go with the other one. And that is, are you hungry for some cake? 
How about an ice cream cake? How about Baskin and Robbins is again partnering with the paint with the Pokemon company to bring you a set of Pokemon themed ice cream treats. This cake you see here being one of them Delicious. in conjunction with the release of the next Pokemon movie, Pokemon movie Coco. K-O-K-O. -K -O. So hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, I'm sorry. Shad, you're awesome. Thank you, sir. <laughs> building the team i'm building the team <laughs> but uh yeah um this promo includes a pokemon ice cream master set uh which is a box containing pokeballs filled with ice cream uh the box can be unfolded to use as a game mat for a when you're finished uh this k the interesting thing is the this movie pokemon movie coco it will be the 23rd pokemon film can you believe that right that's a lot of films but knowing three films uh it's hard to fathom but then at the same time i wouldn't be too surprised because i remember when pokemon started i was in middle school so it's been a long ride and the strength of this brand has just kept going and going and going so this is just the highlight, the greatness of what this is. But there is one um, downfall with this cake. Um, unfortunately, as, as the article from GameRat states, um, this ice cream promo will only be available in Japan running from July 20th to August 30th. The only way you can get it is to go to Japan, people. Who's ready to go on a trip? I do look like that cake. I don't even like it, but that cake looks good. That cake does look really good, but yeah. it sucks that it's only going to be in Japan. Hey, so. I'm going to find my way. I'll find a way to get there. Or get it, to the, get it over here. Just give me. Well, you know what? We should take our frustrations out. And what better play to take your frustrations out is to play a video game, right? Yes, that's what I do a lot. That's what I do a lot. What we got, Scuba? I got that one and here's what I got is this is a game called Yarn Town. Yarn Town is a is a free to play 2D Zelda style remake of Bloodborne. Yes. I mean, let's take that in. It's like oh, some of us are familiar. Bloodborne is another one of those that's in that whole. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember the name now. Uh, uh, Dark Souls style Dark, game. Yeah, Dark Souls style game, Steam or horror thing where you had to. It was really kind of brutal as you tried to work your way through combat. Well, what they did, what this group did, is they built a version of it. It's uh, developed by Max Mars. Yarn Town is built using the Solaris engine. It's a colorful remake of Central Yarn Yarnem, which is the uh, which is a city in the 2015's Bloodborne. This will actually even include various boss fights from that region as well as other other uh, environmental stuff. But I think this is kind of cool. I'd love to. I'm I might check this out just because I like these old style games as far as the uh, the look. Oh yeah. I mean, Bloodborne's a great-looking game. Don't get me wrong, but I have a hard time with Dark Souls. This one, I think, I might be more my speed, or maybe I'm just getting too old. Uh, yeah, um, Dark Souls. 
there are people that love it, like my cousin. I played played it. I, it's not my cup of tea. I do have Bloodborne on the PS4, but I have been hesitant to play it because I'll probably get butt kicked. But this is one of those games that it fits two niches that I like. On uh, one, it's one of those 2D action RPG or uh, 2D RPG style games, which I have plenty of them on my Switch because I can't stop downloading them. And also, it's free. So yeah. Um, I love the, how they were able to take just a portion of the game and remake it in 2D, and it's just, it gives credence to the creativity of the um, developers out there. So, yeah. And the link is available in the Kotaku article, which I am going to download at some point after this podcast. And if you are a member of the Scuba Studio Discord, there is a channel called Scuba and the Rye Podcast, where I have already posted all of the links for all of the articles and reviews that we are discussing. So you can go check it out there and click on those links. All righty, what we got next? <gasps> all right, yeah, here's our next one. KFC is intending to sell its plant-based fried chicken this this summer. This is we I'm sure several of us have seen this beyond meat craze that is hitting the fast food industry. Yes, I have. Um I'm Yeah, I mean I have to I, I'm guessing it's good in some things. I don't know. I think I remember trying a Hardy's burrito with beyond meat in it and was not a fan. Well, and the thing is, this is not so. This is not like the chicken, chicken. This is that plant-based meat uh, vegetarian thing, and uh, this is going to go on sale in fifty locations in Los Angeles, Orange County, and San Diego next week. Uh, KFC is planning to monitor the sales to see how popular it is. Last year, they did a couple of isolated test things in like Alabama, uh, Nashville, and a couple other places. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. Um, but yeah, this will be, uh, I'm not quite sure how to think about this. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe they finally got the, uh, plant-based meat with the same, all the, all the benefits of meat without it actually being meat. I don't know. Or maybe they won't crack that till they figure out how to 3d print food. Hey, you know, it's a possibility. They're making meat out of plants, and a lot of times they can get it to taste like it, but it also provides the protein without all the bad side effects. But it is, um, this just shows another way where fast food chains are trying to bring in new customers, attract former fans, or just trying to find a way to stay healthy but stay quick because fast food is still fast food. So on top of that, you still got the, uh, uh, the Impossible Whopper. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, at... Burger King. So you'll have variety to taste it and see if it is close to the original. Oh, we got another comment here from Professor Chili. Uh, apparently this was also in Charlotte, North Carolina, and apparently it tasted just as bad as you think it does. All right. Well, um, if it ever shows up here, I will be the one to sacrifice my soul to taste it, and I will bring my review to you people. Yeah, well, considering some of the last couple of food things KFC's come up with, like the uh, Beyond Meat sandwich, the donuts sandwich, I they've been batting a thousand so far. I'm sure this will be another swing and a hit. 
Hey, they 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 have some swings and misses, but I still like their um their chicken. Oh, well, I'm sure they will get it eventually. Another I haven't comment tried about, it yet. Uh, a lot of the vegetarian substitute. Morningstar. Hmm, I'll have to check that out. But I, I don't know. It has to taste right. Uh, I think I, think I might, might go and grab one of those packs from Wegmans and see how it is. I'll, oh. I'll try. I'll try it, Scuba, and I'll come back. Maybe that or bring it, and I'll cook it up one day and see if we can tell the difference. All right. Maybe put it on the 24-hour podcast. <laughs> Maybe. No. Let's make a note of that. Try random foods on the 24-hour charity stream. What do you guys think of that idea? Hey, I just, I just bring it up because, because it was uh, mentioned in my ear by my girlfriend Angelica about doing it. So, hey, you want to add it to the notes? There is a Sour Patch ice cream out there. So. Yeah, I haven't tried that Impossible Burger from... Um, from uh, Burger King, but I don't eat a lot of fast food, so it's probably why. I wrote it down. I'm going to think about it. Alrighty. What we got next? What we got next? Maybe something from Microsoft? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't have any pictures for it, but uh, apparently Microsoft has announced that they are discontinuing production of the Xbox One X and the X One xbox one s digital edition uh they're shutting down manufacturing of those in preparation of the new uh console launch uh the original og uh xbox one or is going to continue to be manufactured but these new slimmer models are being discontinued and part of what they're citing is because they're prepping for xcloud and the new console launch they just have to cut costs somewhere Yep. Take it away, Ryan. Um, as the article in IGN uh, specifies, uh, like you said, just to reiterate, they're trying to prep up for the, the next uh, next generation of a gaming and a next generation for the gaming community. Um, so they're discontinuing the Xbox One X, which was the high-priced model of their 4K stuff and the digital edition, which probably didn't make many sales. But, you know, cutting corners and getting ready for the Series X because that's what Microsoft should be investing in because that's their next next big thing. But one thing that this article that I caught, which I mentioned to you that I didn't realize at first, is that we all know that the system will be backwards compatible with the Xbox games going back. How far? We'll see. But the other thing is that I didn't notice at first was that it's not always going to be backwards compatible with the Xbox games, but all the Xbox One accessories. So that is a unique thing that made me go, hmm, pretty cool. And pretty intuitive how they can get this new system to work with a lot of things. Hey, I mean, got to get ready for it. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I don't really have much of a comment on that, but I do have a comment on this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm uh, straight up. So we got the latest, uh, there's the latest version of the Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, it's basically, if you guys aren't familiar with it, is a sim game that allows you to fly planes as near realistic as possible. Uh, especially if you spend the money on the controller's uh, joysticks to sit there and operate this. Well, Microsoft decided to put this out there in case you are one of those people who prefers the feeling of holding the game in your hand before you install it. 
in this instance, it's if you really want to do that, you better work out because this game, no kidding, comes on 10 discs. 10, 10 discs, people. 10. 10. Or you could just, you know, be in the world of today and digitally download it. It's still like 90 gigabytes worth of stuff. As we talked about, we're getting into game downloads being insane, but I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess, if you think about the fact that, oh, well, how many discs does this game actually require if it were all on discs? Well, here you go. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is, it is astonishing and made me think back in the past to think of what was the most disc I've ever seen in a game case, and I don't think I've seen more than four discs in a game case, and that's back to the OG PlayStation. So yeah. it is it's kind of surprising. Seven on the uh, on PS One. Yeah, and but you know, knowing how big game sizes are, it it could see, and knowing that this game is supposedly going to include every airport in the world, at least from the previous article we we talked about on a podcast before. It kind of makes sense, but I would go with the digital download because that would probably be better than having 10 discs. Yeah. But hey, you know, I mean, had to, had to at least throw it out there so you could check it out. Well, well, digital is the way to go, especially with uh, how I had to get a hold of Ghost of Tsushima. Um, knowing that it was sold out everywhere on disc, just went home and just downloaded it. That's actually a pretty good question. How many how many were in Flight Simulator 10? I think I have that game. I don't know. But um, now we have to I'd have to ask is this in terms of at launch or after the last DLC update? So we'll have to ask about that. Okay. But uh speaking uh, of things being sold out and shortages in products, let's talk about PlayStation. PlayStation PlayStation is reportedly increasing its production to 10 million consoles for 2020. Uh, this uh, was originally, this was put out because I'm sure some of us have known if we wanted to try and buy a Nintendo Switch, there is virtually no place that has a brand new Nintendo Switch because of shipping concerns with the fact they're manufactured in one country and have to be shipped across the, all over the world. And with this being a year for new consoles, and a pandemic and from like this computer this new computer i built while doing the studio stuff a lot of those parts were sold out within a few days of trying to build it because computer parts are short there's a big draw on gaming and consoles because everybody's stuck at home in quarantine um so sony has decided to try and get ahead of this they were originally only planning to make between five and six million units between now and March of 2021. Because of, again, the shipping concerns and this increased in demand, it looks like they have decided to ramp that up. And uh, back in June, they started uh, upping their production to an estimated five million units, five million units, which should be ready by the end of September of 2020 with an additional 5 million units being ready between October and December of 2020. All of this in anticipation to make sure they can get the shipped amount uh, all, across the, all across the world 
and have enough on the shelves for the demand. Now, I have to say that this sounds really cool. However, we have yet to hear a final price point on what the new console will cost. Nope, we haven't. There's been guesses out there because of what's being built in it, and logistically speaking, it is going to probably be costing around those rumors. Yeah, I what was the what was the uh, estimated cost? Like something around five ninety nine or it was a six seven hundred, maybe as high as a thousand. And video game costs costs are going up. Wow, this will be a fun holiday season. I got to tell you. Yeah, so I went uh, with the showcase of the games they showed for the PlayStation Five. It looks great. I still have a lot of games to play on my PS Four. Not to mention my Xbox. I'm still rocking a PS3, so I feel you. Yep. So rocking it to the point it's not even plugged up. I think it's just a giant paperweight over there. Yeah, look how dusty it is. All right. It's a little bit dusty over there. (laughs) None of those squirrel moments. I'm getting more comfortable doing this, I think. Yeah, squirrels are the best way. But, you know, and then, you know, Sony is trying to increase production, hopefully get ready for the the Christmas season. But they said the percentages might um, be pushed over into 2021. Oh, and with that, it was a comment this morning as well. Is there apparently somebody dived into the PlayStation uh order uh, website to check how to do the ordering and they found a very interesting little tidbit in the code and that is that they're it looks like they're going to have a provision to where it only allows you to buy one console per household one people so that'll be interesting even though they're selling two different versions there's one that you can put discs in and then there's one that's strictly digital for digital download and you'd be able to put one only one only buy one for the household. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Cause obviously with console launches and things like that, people are going to be like, I'm going to buy up 10 and resell them. Yeah. It doesn't, it sounds like they are, they are trying to hamper that. Um, Which I think in this, in, in this climate, that's just a jerk move. Oh yeah, it is. It is something that people were trying to do earlier in the pandemic and we saw what happened there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Professor Chili, we just talked about that a little bit ago. Xbox announced that they are stopping the production on the One X and the uh, One XS uh, digital in anticipation of these new console launches. Uh, they're still going to work on some of the old, the like the Xbox, the original Xbox One. I uh, believe that's right from the article. Also, uh, they've said that the X, the new Xbox console, will be 100% backwards compatible. No, the switches were just hard to find because uh, how popular they are. They you can't you can hardly find them on the shelves, and part of that is just uh, uh again a production issue. Sony was sitting there saying, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm thinking six million units between now and March of next year," but given what Nintendo is dealing with with the switches being 100% sold out and so hard to get them on the shelves. Sony was like, yeah, let me ramp up my production and get more and kind of flood the market with them and see how much longer they last. Yeah, because you can't get a Switch anywhere. Anywhere. Even try it. I'm, I'm much happier if they have a stockpile and try to, and depending on what the cost is. But I think the longer we have this pandemic and the longer we keep telling people to shelter indoors and avoid avoid large gatherings... You're probably going to continue to see this um, increase in uh, consoles. Or you could do something else other than stay in the house and play video games all day. You can go out. 
you can and what better way to go out than to be going out in the new ford bronco that's coming out next year wow that sounded like such a sales pitch i'm hey, sorry hey <laughs> it's fine you're selling something that does look amazing and coming from somebody who's not a fan of suvs this makes me go hmm uh, look at that so yeah we're looking at after 20 nearly 25 years since the uh ford bronco was discontinued it's coming back for next year uh it's kind of a new van new vamp on the uh, suv with kind of a classic look and all that uh ford f-150 frame with the with the uh performance of the mustang and all in one package and one of the things that they've noticed is that the uh, this uh, Bronco will start at $29,995. And the lineup will include two-door, four-door, and a sport SUV model. And must note that this will be the first time the Bronco has had a four-door variant. It's always been a two-door beast. Yes, it's never been a four-door, but knowing that a lot of vehicles have been um going to four door it's it's it is something that that gives it a good variety and choice for people out there and on top of that apparently with the announcement of this the uh, website is having a hard time keeping up with orders yes so it's not just video game consoles that production is having a hard time keeping up we're also talking about new suvs and to just get away from it all but i drive a jeep so i'm biased yeah very well, very well. But yeah, it just shows you that one thing about this, it shows you that there is a fan base for this particular vehicle if it is crashing the website. So. Oh yeah, and I have one more thing for you guys, and this will be our final story for the night, which I think is another cool thing as far as getting out and getting away from it all. And I happen to have... Boobity boppity. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, to preface this, uh, the Grand Theft Auto games have always been an interesting bag of activity to do in an open world. And some of them, like San, as Grand Theft Auto San Andreas is probably one of the more popular ones and had one of the largest maps prior to GTA V. Yeah. But somebody sat there and decided to step it up a notch and reskin San Andreas with the Unreal Engine using really photorealistic environments. And I've got to say, this looks wild. Yeah. Um, watching this video, it just makes me clamor going back and playing the game because I had a lot of fun playing the game. But it also piques interest on would Rockstar be willing to do a remake of this game? Just because, just look how beautiful that game is, and with the new systems, it might be fun to see a revamped San Andreas on the new systems. So. Yeah, but I think they're probably best served by moving on. I mean, it's nice to revisit old games and reskin them, and yeah. people in the community are doing stuff like this all the time, which is cool, but... Let's just keep, let's see what we can do for motion, pushing forward. Now, I understand if you're having as far as like a shortage in the ability to produce more. Oh, yeah. And work on new things. And maybe it is, it might be a little easier. I'm not sure. I'm not real big into the video game industry on that side. But again, I think this is really kind of cool. 
yeah it just it just it brings back a lot of nostalgia and it just it's, it's just all inspiring just what they can do with an old game make it look so photorealistic and knowing the environments that you interact in san andreas it just shows the the plethora of possibilities of what rockstar could be cooking in the cooking in their systems for gta 6 because that is going to be their next one so sorry this just looks amazing i love i love love it when you can sit there and add that level of detail and really kind of enjoy it i mean doesn't that look pretty oh yeah it's so pretty so pretty hey shadow mains how you been my man shadow mains start our clothes down and whatnot uh, oh yeah i said i was going to tease you with something that's what i was going to tease you with What's the i was going to tease you with the fact that next week we're going to have a guest and we'll be interviewing <laughs> Gotta look at the cameras. Look at the cameras. All right. Uh, so next week we're gonna have a guest. Uh, I've got a confirmation that uh, he will uh, be able to come on the show with us next week, um, and I will be putting out a promo for that. But the but this should be a lot of fun. Oh, who is it? Who is it? Oh, I, I, oh man, you know, you know. Remember last week when we got uh, that 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 surprise pop in for these new follows and that comment about a a person named Falfer. Yeah, remember Falfer? Well, Falfer is going to be here next week with us, hanging out. Hanging out with the good guys. Oh, yeah. Well, one half. I'm just hey, I, here. I'm working on the interviews, man. <laughs> it's it's going to be fun. But yeah, Falfer has confirmed uh, Joel will come and uh, hang out with us next week. So uh, if you got questions and some curious things, we're probably going to talk about all the crazy shenanigans that have been going on and whatnot. So uh, spread. Uh, I'll have some promo stuff out via Twitter and whatnot later. But uh, get your get your questions ready for that, and we should be having fun there. And with that, we're gonna go ahead and run through our contact info and our closing. And if you're gonna hang out with us, we're gonna go ahead and raid because apparently Silver and Steel is running right now, and we're just gonna you know do what we do with the D and D thing, you know. Raid another place. Oh no. I don't think I can. I can't do that one. Hmm. Oh, that's okay. We can raid Hyper RPG though. Yeah. So we'll do that. We'll raid Hyper RPG and see what we're doing there. Raid all the peoples. That's it. Get that raid ready, and we're gonna roll and do that. So with that, we'll thank you, uh, everyone, for hanging out with us, and we will see you on our next adventure. Peace.